Hi, I'm Lilith the Satanist, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed, I'm an atheist. Coming at you from a secret lair in Abbotsford, B.C., this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and Superman wears pajamas with my logo. Joining me as usual is the team who lives vicariously through themselves. She once turned a vampire into a vegetarian, Nancy. Oh, and that was fun with all that spinach. <laughs> <laughs> he won the Lifetime Award Achievement Award twice, Kevin. I'm a raw vegan. <laughs> and her enemies don't call her because they've all overdosed, Sarah. Hello! <laughs> guys, welcome back. Hope you guys had a good week. Nancy, what are you doing? Tracing. Tra- <laughs> She's tracing. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta start some news, a bit of chit-chat. Um, you guys hear about the stabbing that just occurred? Yes. By Terrible. Senior, was it? Yeah, Abbotsford Senior. What happened is, apparently a homeless uh, drifter from Alberta, 21-year-old Gabriel Brandon Klein entered Abbey Senior High, and then he just randomly stabbed two girls, age 13 and 14. Unfortunately, 13-year-old Letitia Reimer died in the hospital shortly after. Her Mm -hmm. friend, uh, her 14-year-old friend, they they haven't released her name, is still in the hospital in in stable condition at this point. Now the guy's been charged with second-degree murder. Any thoughts? You guys want to talk about this? It's horrific. I know that when you read about these things and other... Cities, the, the police chief and the mayor and, and residents always say, it's so hard to believe. This, this isn't like our town. And it came here, and I know exactly you know, how it, it was so random it is. and so it awful. Is. And it takes the life of a child, which you know, for the parents is a lifelong tragedy. The whole thing just it, it doesn't make sense. No, no. It's just awful. I, I, fi- I find there's a few things that might come from this and I, I'm kind of concerned is first of all this guy's from Alberta and he's a homeless person so it's not going to help with the homeless situation here in Abbotsford because mm. a lot of people are pointing oh you know you start being nice to the homeless here they're all going to come from everywhere right you hear that all the time and unfortunately this kind of this kind of coincidence kind of fuels that well unfortunately my first thought was oh my god how horrible and my second thought since i work with the homeless is oh my god it's going to even be more horrible mm-hmm. for the for the homeless yeah. because people are going to paint them all with the same exactly. brush well and this guy's obviously got a mental issue right yeah i would say yeah. that there's definitely mental problems there and i mean like look what we've been doing we closed down all the mental facilities uh, these some people just cannot manage their medication on their own you know, and there is a problem where we've got the nice weather. Yeah. As compared to the rest of Canada, this is the place to be homeless if you want to be yeah, homeless. It, yeah. It, it seems as though he slipped through the cracks of uh, either being diagnosed or wasn't on his meds. We'll find out in time. Yeah. This what is happened. Quite but at 21, uh, you know, that's uh, awfully, awfully young. And I think the second degree murder charge kind yeah. of speaks to that too. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I, it's it's quick to put a second degree murder charge on this guy already, not knowing what his mental capacity is. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's not cooperative either. But there's something else that really bothers me about this. I was listening to the uh, local radio station, uh, the Giant CKNW 980, 
And all of a sudden, they have this um, press, uh, not a press release, a press conference from the local church this little girl attended. And, you know, I totally get it. You know, apparently she was a great little girl and full of life and everything. But what bothers me about this, I don't have the audio. I was looking for the audio. But what bothers me about this, this, uh, this conference is it seems to me like the church took all that opportunity to be super preachy about Jesus at the same time. Uh. That bothered me, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, Letitia. Letitia is a great gal, and she's always full of, 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 of life and hope, and she's always happy. And her love for Jesus was so great, and, you know, she was such a good Christian, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, how dare you? This is such a tragedy to have a 13-year-old girl caught at so early an age, and you're just using it to push your freaking carpenter god is beyond me. It's pretty well, ridiculous. Well, play, play yeah. devil's advocate just for a minute. It might, it, I, I have no idea what church that is, but that might be part of that whole church worship um, uh, services that they they may be that way, and he's just extending it so the parishioners feel comfortable. That's what they expect the from him. I can I see right. your point. I'm just saying it could you know to our ears probably, but to the parishioners that are there, maybe it was comfortable. I don't Hard know. to know. I, I just find that you know for them to actually go to the length of having yeah. some kind of press conference to start talking about Jesus is important. If he's so great, why didn't he save her? Yeah. And but but this is Abbotsford, everybody. This is Abbotsford. Yeah, we have to enough. realize that's part of our culture here. So it wouldn't have mattered if she was some troubled kid with worshiping Satan. She wouldn't have had a... No, no, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I find that, you know, there are some times where you can promote things, and I'm okay with promotion, even shameless self-promotion at some point, but be like saying, oh, Nancy's had an injury to her shoulder, and that's brought to you by Left of the Valley, and listen on my... You know, it's, there's not <laughs> yeah. a place for this. Yeah. There's not a place for this right now, you know? And this, especially when you get a death, such a tragic story like that of a young kid. And the other thing, too, you, this, I hope it doesn't affect the other kids, because some of these kids might start feeling that school is not a safe place, and that's the last thing you want. It's for a kid to be in school and think they're not safe. I'm sure the kids will feel that. One of the things that happened was that part of the school uh, lockdown practice was to turn out all the lights. And so the kids were in their classrooms, but the I don't know whether the doors were locked or mm-hmm. open. I have no, but the kids sat in there for three hours in the dark, not really knowing what happened, but that was part of the lockdown procedure. The question is, is the school system going to go overboard on security yeah, at I'm this point, or how are, how are they going to handle it? Because this is just, this is unknown territory for everybody here. I mean, they've got all the, the answers written down someplace, but to put it in practice is, is uh, something they're that think, could be difficult yeah. to do. There will be like a, a pushback kind of effect yeah. where they want to like overdo it, and then they'll probably come back. Yeah, to like, and this guy is obviously a crank. I mean, he walks in. This is November for Christ's sake. Just a day after Halloween, right? That happened on Tuesday. He he walks into the school barefoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, off the street. It's November. Maybe it's not like it's not. 10 feet of snow here, but still fairly cold to be barefoot outside and just walk and stab two people. Yeah, this guy is obviously a crank. He, there's something wrong with this guy. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. We'll have to follow that story. Something a bit more uh, more fun, I guess. Nancy, 
Yes. The Cubs won. Oh, I had that as part of my day in history, but let's cover it now. Yeah. Absolutely. After 108 years and living in Chicago where the people lived on hope and everybody laughed at them. <laughs> yeah, right, next year. Yeah, right. But they hung, those Cub fans have been so loyal. One of our previous one of our previous shows, you explained in this day in history, the Billy Goat curse. The Billy Goat curse. <laughs> yeah, it was finally. In 1908. Finally, yeah, no, after I used to, 108 years of trying to get the, the, the World Series, they actually did it. Yeah, I I had uh, either the streetcar. Yes, I go back when there were streetcars. Streetcars and buses went right by Wrigley Field from the north side going downtown. So I've gone past there a million just, times. Just to give you an idea, the last time they won that 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 uh, that pennant, the Titanic wasn't finished. Wow. wow. You know, the Titanic had wasn't finished building, right? Just to give you an idea, that's how long they've been waiting to win again. Well, let me, get, <laughs> let me bring out some fun facts okay. since we're on them now. There are, guess how many stitches in a baseball? 108. <laughs> 108 stitches in a, in a baseball. And it was designed by the Cubs' first manager, who was a pitcher named A.G. Spaulding. And his Chicago office was originally located at 108 West Madison. That's true. Signs Un- and wonders. Whoa. Unbelievable. The left and right field corners at Wrigley Field, 108 meters from home plate. <laughs> the, the it's Rickett, a sign. It's a sign. If the, you were skeptics. Huh? The Ricketts family, who owns the Cubs, located their main business, which is TD Ameritrade, on 108th Street in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, stop that. Stop that. If you start saying these things, people will start making some kind of link and some the, kind of... <laughs> the Cub, I wish Tyler was here. You know, we could unleash the skeptic. Oh, yes, But the Cubs won the... Um, in J.J. Abrams' film, Taking Care of Business, the Cubs win the World Series in, in 1990. But the film itself is 108 minutes long. <laughs> and, and, and another couple of... Oh, you have a more? You have a more? One more. Okay, the Cubs more. win the World Series in the 1989 film, Back to the Future. Yes. But that was in yeah. 200, 2015. But that film is also 108 minutes long. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that... Apparently, Michael J. Fox tweeted after the Cubs won and said, Wow, we were off by one year. Not yeah. too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we, and we said that when we were talking about the Billy Goat curse a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. But Chicago, I think there were, what, five... How many people gathered? Five million people oh, gathered? Oh, uh, no, I think it was uh, seven million. Five, yeah, five oh, yeah, or seven million people. people gathered downtown, you know, to, they're, they're, uh, they're never going to get over this. No, no. They're no. never going to get over it. Is there uh, riots? I didn't follow No, I didn't see any riots. I mean, just a lot of parties. No, there's not any Nothing, riots. No. It's, just, it's just euphoria. They're yeah. just... Kind of the same way we won the gold medal of hockey in the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. Everybody was mm-hmm. just, like, partying, but oh, there was yeah. no, like... No, no, no. I'm not saying the right, the Stanley Cup right, the no, 2010 no. Olympics. Yeah, that was no, something that different. was good. And 2002 as well. That was, yeah. that was great. Uh, the, another thing I, I found out that out of the blue, there was a guy. Um, his name was apparently Michael Lee. And this is in 1993 uh, in his, um, his uh, yearbook picture. When he graduated high school, he wrote down randomly, the Cubs will win. In 2016, you heard for you heard to hear first. Oh, Just gosh. randomly wrote that, and when they, they they tracked him down and asked him why he <laughs> wrote that prediction, he says, 
I just didn't know what to write. I just randomly wrote that for my yearbook. And what a, what a coincidence. What a wonderful coincidence. I know. Go Cubs. I mean, you know, they, they got a lot to live up to now in future years, but at least they made it. That's right. Yeah. On other news, Jack Chick. Does that ring a bell to you? A no. Chick track? Yeah. Jack Chick is dead. The guy who invented the chick track. Nancy, I'm looking for you here because I've never seen the chick track myself. I don't, I have, I'm clueless. The, the chick track is apparently a little cartoon strip that oh. Jack Chick would write about, you know, message from the Bible. And kids really hated those things, especially because a lot of religious people would drop these instead of candy in, <laughs> into the, mm. the, the, the bag, whatever the kid had. And they're the, like, little bad cartoon drawn and... It's influenced a lot of Americans. I've never seen them up here, but I know yeah. in the States they're, they're very well known. So I'm surprised no. you don't know about them. Well, you, I know because I know everything. And, you know, that's <laughs> Sarah knows. It just yeah. shows I'm human. I had a neighbor who was quite religious and was always trying to push uh, push them on me since I was friends with her, uh, the kids. And oh, jeez. So he, he's the creator of uh, the Chick Track, and he is dead and what a shame oh, yeah, yeah exactly nobody's crying and no. I, I hope got, he had a good life yeah. I've got a weird story to tell you guys something that happened to me now oh. this happened to me yesterday oh now believe it or not I'm actually missing an hour of time Ooh. it's true now I usually wake up in the morning around like 5.30 5.45 right that's the time I usually get up and then I do my routine, take a shower, all that stuff, prepare lunch. I'm usually out the door before 7. Yesterday, alarm clock goes on, or off, I should say, you know, and same thing, I get up and do my thing, and I'm about to walk out the door, I look at my uh, at my phone, it's 8 o'clock. <gasps> I'm missing an hour. And I didn't know what to do with that. I said, wait a minute. Aliens. Exactly. Did I get kidnapped by aliens? Did I just zone out for an hour or so? Absolutely. Look no further. Jack Jack Chick was sending you a message. (laughs) (laughs) The hour draws. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, for the whole day, I I was thinking about this, and you know, I was retracing my steps, and the mystery was solved finally by simply looking at my alarm clock, and it was one hour behind for some Um, reason. I don't know why though. So mystery solved. <laughs> I like the al- I like the aliens or the Jack Chick yeah. better. Like, so, <laughs> so do I. But if we weren't yeah. skeptics, that's exactly probably where we would have went. <laughs> now on to the number twenty-three. <laughs> that's right. Now the mystery is: Why did my alarm clock drop by an hour? Automatically set for and a day early, and you didn't have the uh, date set right. Well, it's just a stupid alarm clock with a button. It's not even something fancy. Yeah, I mean, you may have something there because today is tonight is actually it's, the time. Yeah, that we're we, supposed to do it tonight. We fall back because yeah. we spring forward. Yeah, didn't uh, uh, acquire uh, what's a freak? leap year. That's what <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Well, my dear, are you ready to go? I'm always ready Let's to go. Set you up. Here we go. And it's time for This Day in History, which is a roundup of those events and people that altered and illuminated the days between October the 31st to November the 6th. And, of course, October the 31st is Halloween, and I hope we all dressed up as reasonable human beings so no one recognized us on that day. And then we could go back to our normal selves, which is wonderful. November the 1st is World Vegan Day and the official start of Movember 
when Wolf. men begin a month-long mustache-growing and grooming event for men's health. World Vegan Day, really? World Vegan Day. Vegan? 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 Yeah. vegan, vegan. I knew a level five vegan. Me the one. You wouldn't eat anything that casts veggies. a shadow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's no meat, no meat <laughs> veggies. Day. Anybody growing a beard? For, you know, well, I, yeah. I, I, I already I have mine. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try, but it doesn't work out. No, right no, no, no. You're too lazy. It's not I working very well for either one of you. <laughs> I'll try, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay, November the 2nd. Uh, was Indian Arrival Day in, um, going to help me out here, Kevin, M-A-U-R-I-T-I-U-S, Mauritius, what is the name so, of that say island? Say that again. Mauritius Mauritius. Yeah. M-A-U-R-I-T-I-U-S. Anyway, that's Indian arrival. That was that was kind of an interesting. Mauritius, I've yeah, never heard of There's a million people there, and they celebrate the fact that Indians arrived on that day, and they arrived, I think, as slaves to help build the build the country. <laughs> anyway, 1936, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation was established. Yes. And the Canadian National Railways was making a radio network to keep its passengers entertained and give it an advantage over its rival, CP, um, which was the CNR radio. Uh, um, the, um, the one that the Canadian National Railroad was, was doing uh, was the CNR radio, and that was the forerunner of the CBC. So that, that's a little, little history there. Um, November the 3rd is Culture Day in Japan. And in 1925, Clarence Birdseye. Anybody remember Clarence Birdseye's name? He marketed the first quick frozen fish based on the Inuit method of quick freezing in Labrador. Oh, and nice. And Birdseye eventually went national, and the company still has the Birdseye name today, but it's a oh. Canadian Canadian company, and people just don't really realize the, the history of that. So thank you, Clarence. In 2014, on November the 3rd, a federal court judge a federal court ruled that secular humanists should enjoy the same rights and protections granted to Christians and members of other religious groups. The court decision declared that secular humanism is a religion for Establishment Clause purposes. In essence, the court's ruling grants First Amendment protections to secular humanist organizations, um, and that allows um, the secular humanists to go into prisons and to counsel the, the prisoners so that they don't uh, have a, they have access to to them and not just the the uh, Christian ministers that are so prevalent in in prisons. November the 4th is Flag Day in Panama, and that was the day, this is so interesting, the Massachusetts Bay Colony enacted the following law in 1646. It goes back a ways. It goes back a ways, yeah. Okay, here we go. i got to take a deep breath. Here we go. If a man have a stubborn or rebellious son of sufficient years and understanding, namely at least 16 years of age, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them. Then shall his father and mother, being of natural parents, lay hold of him and bring him to the magistrates assembled in court and testify unto them that their son is stubborn and rebellious and will not obey their voice and chastisement, but live in sundry notorious crimes. Don't you love that? Sundry notorious crimes. Such a son will be put to death. 
Sounds eerily biblical. It was really good until we got the son shall be put to death part. Connecticut adopted that same law in 1650, and so did Rhode Island in 1668 and New Hampshire in 1679. I will bet that's taken verbatim almost, verbatim out of the Bible. It, it's, it, it sounds very, very eerily it, similar it, to what's it, in the Bible. It, it does. That law was known as the Stubborn Child Law. And it remained, listen, this had remained on the statute books, although not put into, not into practice, but it remained on the statute books of Massachusetts for over 300 years. And the legislature finally dropped the death penalty and broadened the law to include daughters. And the law, <laughs> yay! The, yay! <laughs> the law was not repealed till 1973. Isn't that something? The stubborn child law. Do you think they ought to bring it back? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and daughters? What do you think, Sarah? Should um, they bring back the stubborn daughter law? Considering the lifestyle I lived at that age. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be here yeah. today. Oh. Yeah, you, you and I would have been would have been chancy if we yeah. had made it this far. No, no. Anyway, so we're We're, we're glad not saying that Nancy, Nancy and Sarah are bad influences. No, we're not. And proud <laughs> of it. No, the, no. I think I'm very, uh, a very good uh, influence. So many say otherwise, but... <laughs> Strength of conviction right there. Exactly. There we go. November the 5th is Guy Fawkes Night, and Guy Fawkes Night is also known as Guy Fawkes Day, uh, or, or gone, uh, Guy Fawkes Bonfire Night and Firework Night. It's the annual commemoration observed on the 5th of November, primarily in Great Britain. November the 6th, International Day for Preventing the Exploitation of the Environment in War and Armed Conflict. A long day uh, title. 1879, on November the 6th, Canada celebrated the first Thanksgiving. So, yeah, but go. and that was on November the 6th, and they moved it back to the second uh, Monday in, yes. uh, in October because of the weather. In 1879, on the 6th, in uh, 2012... This is so perfect because of the election going. I hear there's election. Oh, God, no, no, don't. don't. But in 2012, this is wonderful. Charles Darwin received 4,000 write-in votes from voters in Athens-Clark County, Georgia. And they were protesting the re-election of an anti-science fundamentalist whose name was Paul Brown. (laughs) So the Republican, he was a Republican and a a medical doctor, um, ran unopposed in the general election as a U.S. representative. So he's, and this guy, Paul Brown, sat on the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, even though he was anti-science. So anyway, on on the 27th of September in 2012, Braun had expressed his contempt for the true meaning of science research when he called called evolution and the Big Bang Theory utter nonsense. And what he said was, it lies straight from the pit of hell. I wonder if he's religiously biased. I wonder. wonder. But, you know, that there's biblical language, it lies straight from the pit of hell. So in a speech to a sportsman's banquet, that's where he gave this speech at a Baptist church. So at that point, um, the people decided that they would have a write-in rather than have to, to put up with, uh, you know, either voting or not voting for him. They really wanted to make a statement. So even though the votes couldn't be counted officially, the University of Georgia plant biology professor, Jim Liebens, 
uh, promoted the write-in com- campaign to protest the incongruity of an anti-science fundamentalist on such a committee. So that, I think that, that that was a wonderful thing to have happened. I love those kind of protests. They yes, really make yes. sense. You know, it's better than carrying a sign. It's like President Obama has been saying, don't boo, vote. Well, that was even though they voted for Darwin, it just worked out. Yes, indeed. And that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events and people that make up this day in history. Thank you so much, Nancy, and we'll be right back right after this. Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. It's time for an AtheistAudiobooks.com sneak preview. The Happy Atheist. Disproving Christianity. After faith. Your constitution. Baptized Atheist. The God Virus. Here is an excerpt from The Good News Club. The Christian Rights Stealth Assault on America's Children by Catherine Stewart. This book had its beginnings in one of those events that at first seems too small to matter until suddenly it becomes too big to ignore. When a program called The Good News Club showed up on a roster of after-school activities at my daughter's public elementary school in Santa Barbara, California, I didn't give it much thought. The club advertised itself as a non-denominational Bible study program for children of kindergarten age and older, and it required parental consent for children to participate. I soon found out, however, that the Good News Club is very different from what it appears to be. More importantly, I discovered that the club is really just one small part of a much larger story that should be of concern to anyone who cares about the future of public education, or indeed the future of secular democracy in the United States. The Good News Club. The Christian Rights Stealth Assault on America's Children is now available on atheistaudiobooks.com. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Centre. Please visit our website for more details, bchumanist.ca. And we're back. So our guest today is the third-term president of the Edmonton Atheist Society, 
And she's also the joint owner of the Alberta Secular Conference. She's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Please, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Karen Lumley. Kerr. Hi, Karen. Hey, Karen. Welcome. Oh, sorry. That must be the sound effect. Sorry about that. There we go. Now you're back. <laughs> Karen, uh, for our audience, I might not know you because some of us have not traveled to Alberta, this land of foreign, far, far away. <laughs> Would you yeah, be so kind to give... Of those mountains, hey? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Those in- immovable mountains. Would you be so kind to give us the Reader's Digest of how you came to be the president of the Edmonton Atheist Society? Right. So um, I lived in Scotland for 10 years. And while I was there, I kind of realized I wanted to be a little bit more active as an atheist. I I think I always was an atheist, but just hadn't really paid attention to it. And in my last few years before I moved back to Canada, I kind of became more aware of the issues. Um, So when I came to Edmonton, I looked for a community. And lucky for me, there already was one. So I jumped right in with both feet. And within the first, I think it was eight months, I was the vice president of the group. You can't handle the truth. Don't do anything slowly. Just jump right in, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then the next year, I I ran for president. So it was pretty fast. Um, Obviously, they needed to make sure that I was trustworthy before I got to to run the whole whole deal, but that's sort of how it started. Um, and I'm not really quite sure where all my passion comes from, because <laughs> um, I know a lot of people don't just jump right in things like that, but um, I've never been one to do things by half, I suppose. See, that's interesting, because here in BC, we do things completely differently. Usually, you end up being president or in charge, because nobody else wants to do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Alberta is different. Now, Karen, ha- having worked with you very briefly in, in the past, I have no doubt that you were the most capable person around, and everybody said, let her do it. We'll be much better off. So congrats for, for, for jumping right in and, and taking charge. I know you run it really well. And you guys just had your second Al- uh, Alberta Secular Conference. How did that go? Right. So that's a separate organization, actually. We're two different nonprofit groups. I just happen to be the face of both of them, so people confuse it. Um, the SEA, um, the Edmonton Atheist Group, does actually help sponsor the conference, but okay. we have other sponsors as well. So there's multiple groups that help with that. Um, yeah, and it was really fantastic. So it's October every year in Alberta, and we're kind of trying to rotate through the cities. We went to Red Deer first. We were in Edmonton this year. Next year, it'll be Calgary. And we're a little bit different than some of the other conferences out there. We're not really as focused on like the celebrity atheists, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did even do like Secular Saturday this year where we had a Catholic come speak to us and there was a Christian guest speaker as well. So we definitely want the conversation to be about learning and dealing with issues that maybe are specific to Albertans, first of all, and then specific to Canadians rather than just hey, there's another atheist YouTuber up on stage that I like. We do have them, <laughs> but um, we don't focus on that as, as its only, only point. So Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, we all often get the impression that outside Calgary and Edmonton, as soon as you walk outside of these two cities in Alberta, you get into Jesus Town. Is that really oh, yeah. the case in Alberta? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are the Bible Belt of Canada, definitely. So you guys are more and more looking more and more like the uh, Canadian Texas. Yeah, that's a joke, son. Don't you get it? I made a funny, son, and you're not laughing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Karen, uh, you know, I want to ask your, uh, your opinion on a lot of things, because I know one thing you're very passionate about 
is uh, what's been going on in uh, religion in brought in school. I know it's a big fight in the States, but it does happen up here as well. And it seems to happen in Alberta, you know, Lord's Paris in school and stuff like that. Is that a fight you guys fight on a regular basis? Oh, well, we're we're one of the lucky provinces that still have a publicly funded Catholic school system here. Um, oh, so, geez. yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. There's only yeah. three provinces left with it. Obviously, Ontario are kind of leading that charge and we're trying to catch up. But, um, yeah, Alberta has dual system and it's a waste of taxpayers' money. But above and beyond that, I mean, I went to Catholic high school, even as an atheist, <laughs> um, just was the way it worked out for me for schooling. And I spent a year and a half there. And just little things like being told I had to take the religion class in order to graduate, which is a lie. You don't. I could have had my parents exempt me, which they would have done at that point in our in, our, um, in my life. But um, there seems to be more Catholicism within the Catholic school system now than when I went to school. It's, it's really strange. There is actually in our Alberta School Act a provision where you can um, exempt your children from the religious part of schooling. But now we're being told that parents that are trying to do this in Alberta are, are being told that the, you know, the Christianity is so, it's part of every teaching, every class. So you can't really take them out of it because it permeates through the whole thing. So it's becoming more of an issue than it used to be as far as how much instruction they're being given in religion. Um, but again, obviously we were if you look at the Alberta School Act, the Catholic system has sort of been not following it properly for years and years and years. Oh wow! So, so uh, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm uh, horrified at the idea that there's more religion now than there used to be in school. But I'm really particularly interested in hearing about what about the science. What about, you know, are they trying to push creationism in Alberta? Right. So we have a really large homeschooling um, group inside Alberta as well. And there, this has been in the news recently because we have had one homeschooling board have just been revoked their funding <laughs> and um, accreditation, which has, you know, caused outcry. People are thinking it's against homeschooling rights, all this and that. But when you really look at what these people are saying and really talk to, I mean, there's a handful of people that homeschool for reasons that have nothing to do with religion. But I would say 90% of them are doing it because they, you know, they want to teach their their version of things. So, you know, dealing with evolution in a different way so that it doesn't look like it's a fact, things like that. And I personally have major issues with that. I think you're... yeah taking that that right away from the children to have their proper science curriculum taught to them. So this is a problem. We've also got inside some of our public schools, and I was shocked to find this out. I have a friend who's a minister at United Church, and we went for coffee, and we were talking about the schooling issue, and he brought up the Logos pro uh, program. So we have publicly funded, inside our public schools, there's Christian-focused classes that you can put your kids into, and in one particular instance, and I know it's not all the schools across Alberta that have Logos that do this, but he was able to name a particular school that's teaching Logos and they're teaching creationism. Wow. Yeah. Is Stockwell Day involved in that? <laughs> so that's inside a public school. So public money, and we're paying for kids to get taught about a 6,000-year-old earth. It just blows my mind. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's mind-boggling. I mean, I, I grew up in Quebec myself. And mm -hmm. I, I, when I look back today, it was it was funny because there was a point where you you could take catechism, which was you know the, everybody in Quebec is Catholic, or you could take another course. You could be exempt for that and go to another course that was basically called, if I translate it, it would be called morality. So it's kind right. of funny to see a religion course opposed to the, the moral or the morality uh, of uh, of uh, the other class. So 
wow. <laughs> okay, I don't know what to say about this. It's it's really kind of screwed up to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So so yeah. uh, have you heard about the uh, this week the um, the court of appeal has up, up, upheld uh, Trinity Western University being able yeah. to go ahead? Any thoughts on this? Um, if they were private, I guess I would have different opinion. Um, but they're not. I mean, all the most of the universities in Canada still get some sort of public funding in some way or another. And I actually had to look up some stuff about Trinity West when this first came out. And they've received millions upon millions of dollars through various means that affects public money. So, of course, they're going to have to follow the public rules. So this ruling needs to be challenged. I guess it's going to go to the Supreme Court, I suppose, would be the next step. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. for the audience that might not know what's happening here, Treaty Western University is essentially a, a religious university here in Langley. And what has happened is they decided to open a law school. Now the uh, the uh, law association here in BC gave them, sure, we're going to accept students from the law school that came out of here at Trinity University. Uh, but the... Uh, the uh, Association of Lawyers basically went back and told their uh, their rulers essentially, no, we don't want this to happen because Trinity Western has essentially a covenant. If you're a student at Trinity Western, you have to sign a covenant saying that you will not engage in any um, immoral behavior according to their standards. And some of that includes uh, sex outside of marriage or homosexuality. So it's, it's a not huge... just the students, it's the staff as well. Yes, yes, you're yeah. right. So it's a huge discrimination. And uh, the lawyers have stood up. And uh, um, I believe it's Nova Scotia and Ontario also decide not to accept students that would graduate from, uh, from uh, Trinity Western University. And now this has gone to court. Now the uh, BC Supreme Court has ruled in favor of Trinity Western and the Court of Appeal as well. So I, I, I guess I have to say, you know, congratulations, Canada. If the Supreme Court goes into Trinity's Western's uh, favor, then we're going to end up with something like Liberty University up here, Liberty University North, or Brigham, uh, Brigham Young, or something like that. You live to regret this! There are signs that uh, the students are beginning to rebel, which is kind of interesting, oh, especially really? at, a, at a school, you know, that is, uh, that is Christian and the students generally fall in line in terms of, you know, their public, uh, public face and, and opinion. But there is, there is some, some rebellion fomenting, whether or not that's going to help from the inside or not. I don't know. It's a, it's a good sign, and I hope they don't, it is, it get, is. I hope they don't get, uh, you know, thrown out of school for insubordination or, you know, whatever it is for, for protesting. I, I, it's not a real protest, but it's but grumbling, it really, it really grumbling. shows that this problem is a problem of intergenerational, right? Yeah, I think The so. older generation that's in charge is basically saying, of course, you can accept God in the school and all that, but the kids are saying, no, we don't want this. So I, I, I'm hopeful because the future lies with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, on one hand, you've got like our court system and everything and they're still offering you a bible to, to swear on right yeah so it's I like agree. it's all bass backwards but like then you're kind of moving back in that direction now with making it an official for trinity western it just seems ridiculous yeah yeah although there are some signs for example when uh, prime minister trudeau was sworn in he swore on the bible but much of his cabinet did not so there there's some good signs that's not because they were non-theists though that was because they held different religious views Okay, that's a good point, yeah. too. That's a good point, too. Damn, you just stole my... No, but I think Sorry. in Canada, you can swear and affirm. You, you don't yeah, have yeah, to use the can, Bible. Yeah. You can swear and affirm. Yeah. yeah. My, my nephew just got sworn into the military, and he chose not to swear on the Bible, so... Yeah. yeah. So bring it closer to your face. I can't hear you. Oh, 
Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and to compound on top of that, you guys are also finding a lot of uh, religious fervor, I guess, in hospitals in Alberta. Uh, yeah, but of course, I think... <laughs> Did you hear that sign? <laughs> I heard that <laughs> sign. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have this fight, though. There's Covenant Health across Canada, is there not? It's not just an Alberta issue. No, no, you're right. It's mm. not. It's not. But we got you, and you talk about Alberta, so we might as well stick there. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it does affect all of us, was all I was trying to say. So, um, obviously, the Dying with Dignity movement were quite um, prominent in trying to help bring in this legislation, and the timeline has passed. We're now legally allowed physician-assisted dying in Canada, which is fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. However, Covenant Health have refused to allow this to happen inside their hospitals. So, um, this wouldn't be an issue if there was lots of choice, but there's plenty of places across Canada and Alberta um, where y- you don't have access to anything other than a Catholic hospital. That's so right. you're being denied mm-hmm. this right. That's right, that's right. But there again, when they receive public funding, there's still a disconnect between what the law says and what their religious beliefs are. So and you know, public, and I don't think they're going to say, no, we don't want any public funding. We're going no, to go completely not. private. So that, that's it's going to have to be resolved. That's their true God. It's full of the money. That's their true God. Yeah. Right? I, I wouldn't have a, such a problem with doctors saying no to dying with dignity if they had to re, uh, refer somebody who will do it. You know, and that, that that becomes a problem because then some of the doctors and apparently some of the pharmacists are also starting to say it's against my religious values to do so. And now they're following suit of what's happening in the States, right? Yeah. So if they actually went the other way and said, okay, fine, I don't want to do it myself, but I'll recommend doctor whatever who will do it. Right. And we've got the bishops here saying that they are not even allowing referrals to happen. Yes. Um, currently, the way it works is they just have to... Um, transfer the patient to Alberta Health System instead, um, instead of being able to say, okay, here's a doctor who can do this, or here's the route you have to take. It's a long-winded process, which, of course, people at the end of their lives, I mean, the people that are accessing this are already in extreme pain or, you know, at the end of their life already, because, you know, you have to fulfill the requirements of having an illness, your death has to be foreseeable, things like that. Um, And it's just not going to be helpful this situation where they're having to try to start from scratch again to find a doctor to help them with their care. We have the added problem of Covenant Health owning 90% of the palliative care beds. Um, I'm not sure how it runs in Calgary, but in Edmonton, they do have that that percentage. Now, when you go into palliative care, you don't get to choose where you go. So you just get the next open bed. Yeah. Hmm. So if you end up within Covenant Health, that's not that you've chosen that, and then they're denying you the right to access physician-assisted dying, and they won't refer you. Well, we have the same problem with abortion, and that hasn't been fixed. Our Catholic hospitals don't do that, yeah. and it's a charter right. So it's, it's, it's incredible that they could just flaunt the law like that whenever they want, just because, you know. I Care, always, yeah, go ahead. I've always said, you know, when, when you start saying, oh, my God is bigger than your laws, well. Mm. Karen, are there any, any lawsuits are. on the horizon that are challenging that? Either um, one the abortion the or the death dying? Um, I am with Dying with Dignity movement here, but I haven't been to a meeting in a few months because we just had our conference. So I'm not aware currently. There probably are. I'm just not up to date on that stuff. Sorry. So I can't answer that question. No, no, that's okay. Here, the uh, BC Humanists... Um, are, are actively involved in, you know, in, in trying to, to, um, to, to make sure the law is upheld. 
but I didn't know whether they were doing it in other other provinces as well. I I, I bet I, I bet you do rally the, the the troops eventually to do to do something about yes, it. Yes, and we're also going to yeah. have our friend Ian Bushfield come yeah. back on the show very soon here to talk to us about the whole training western. Right. He's been on the forefront of that, and we can't wait to hear what he's going to say. Um, Okay, moving on, Karen. Um, we're actually going to have to keep an eye on all this, obviously, and uh, hopefully you'll keep us appraised of everything that's going on in Alberta. But I want to talk to you about, apparently you're a great organizer. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> yes. And, and now I, I've got I've to ask you, what's your secret? Because if there's one thing that you can say accurately about athe- a bunch of atheists, it's herding cats. Inconceivable! Right? Oh, yeah, it sure is. So yeah. what, what is your laser pointer? Um, I think when I first joined, I noticed um, we only had kind of like one or two meetings a month. And I think if you're trying to build a community and get people more involved, there has to be more connection between people. And if you're only seeing each other once or twice a month, it's hard to create those kind of friendships that are going to feel a little bit more connected. So I think that would be my first offering to any other atheist group out there that's trying to to build a little bit more commitment from their members is try and have something every week so that you have a chance to really feel like you belong. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't disagree with that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not really quite sure what you're asking. Well, because <laughs> there's one thing that I find, you know, there's a lot of, um, I guess it's maybe because of this part of the world, there's a lot of apathy I find among atheists. And when we have fights like like the, 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 we're talking today about the schools and the hospitals, these are things we should have solved by now. Yeah. And the only people that are looking at this are atheists like you and I. But yet, if you try to bring this up, or you try to corral people into action, it seems to just fall flat. I find that maybe it's because they're too comfortable in their lifestyle, they don't want to try something. Is that Perhaps. Your- um, I'm married to an apathetic atheist. <laughs> <laughs> The only way that I can say that he's actually involved is because he, you know, takes care of the kids so that I can be out at all these meetings. So I guess he's apathetic in his own way. But um, I don't know. I've asked him before, like, what would get you involved? And I guess until it directly affects you, maybe you're just not as interested, which is unfortunate. But I think lots of people live their lives that way. Okay, cool. Well, it's it's good that things balance out. You got a you got an active apathetic husband, which is <laughs> which comes in so handy for you. Like, you know, keep him that way. Yeah. <laughs> Encourage it. At, at least he's not in your way, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. No, and it no, means the kids can be kept great. out of the that's, way that's as well because they're good quite young. So, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, um, no, I find that too, I find that you know you, you have groups of people that would rather sit around and talk than do things, and which frustrates uh, atheists who are activists and want people to get up off their posteriors and do something. And it's a it, it can be a struggle between the two groups as to whether or not I totally the, agree. Yeah, when you have a when you have a group, should we be mostly conversational or should we be mostly activist in Vancouver, the group, I would say, is, is pretty, pretty activist because they have a very activist leader. Mm. And he seems to attract people that uh, will join him in, in all of the causes. Here in the Bible Belt, we have people that would rather, in, for the most part, sit around and, and talk, yeah. which, very, yeah. which is very frustrating Extreme. to, I'd like to, speak yeah, to, that, to people who want sure. to be activists. Do you have that push and pull in, in your group, or does yours lean more one way than the other? 
Um, okay, so am I jumping in here because I heard someone yes, say they wanted to, to add ahead. something. Yeah, you're good. Um, no, we definitely have that, and I think that's why a very like so many different types of events can be appealing to different people. So we do some sort of activism things. Um, we have quite a few skeptics in our group who like to get out there and, you know, we hold signs up when there's psychic mediums that come and hand out pamphlets and we're, uh, Deepak Chopra's coming. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you so need, that you need, you need obviously to talk about is a that. big deal for us, and we want to go and hand out. We have a leaflet called Seven Signs to help you spot pseudoscience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so things like that. But we've got a specific group of people that like to do that, whereas we've got other people that like to just hang out at the coffee night. So I think you have to make sure that your group has varied different types of events that will appeal you know, one person will go to the coffee night and the breakfast, but the next person's interested in learning more, so they'll show up to book club and someone else wants to go and protest things. So hmm. you just have to be open to having different members of different areas. Okay, now, you want to go, Kevin? You want to dance? Yeah, I had a, like, uh, out here in Abbotsford, like, we just got, actually got rid of Bibles in the schools and everything like that, but uh, out here, as atheists, we exist within, a, like, a very established religious framework. And it's, it's sort of almost difficult to come out as an atheist in Abbotsford, Chilliwack, the Fraser Valley, and everything like that because there are so many people that have some sort of control over your life. What do you do when you encounter that? I'm just wondering. We have probably a harder time. I think BC is quite liberal-minded. Um, Alberta's conservative town very much. The mm. whole province is generally conservative. The NDP government winning um, last year was a big shock, I think, to the province. Yeah. Um, 44 years with conservative government. Um, and there's a lot of pushback against the NDPs right now. Um, it's difficult. I think, I, you know, I've met quite a few people within the atheist community that still can't feel they can come out here um, mm -hmm. for fear of losing their job or... Oh, yeah. 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 And that, that's, totally, uh, that's totally understandable. Yeah. I, I just wish there was some way to tell people out there that, you know, they, uh, they, they throw often the number that only 5% of people are atheists. Well, that might be true of, like, the hardcore atheists, but when, when you look at, if you take on all the people that are non-affiliated, non-religious, it's not really part of their life, that number is way bigger. You're talking, like, easy 20%. If, if you had 20% of the population, you have a very powerful political motive to, to be, make these people happy. But it's just not known, right? I mean, for example, the, uh, if you, just in the States, for example, six, I think it's 16% of the population in the States are, are uh, African Americans. They have their own lobby. You know, they or the Jews. You know, it's it's less than ten percent in the states of the population. They have their own lobby. Why is it that non-believers can't have that? It's because we don't we don't have we, we haven't come out yet and stuck together as a group, and we haven't taken that that name and applied it to ourselves the same way the the, the uh, LGBT population did. And I think that needs to happen very soon. I think it might also have like something to do with how visible a minority black people are in America or you know like if you're Jewish you definitely wear a yarmulke or whatever and you know like as atheists we don't really look a certain we blend way. in too easily yeah we blend yeah, in we blend in too easily <laughs> huh. 
good stuff. Uh, Karen, you were talking about Deepak Chopra. Please, you got to elaborate on that. Oh, yeah. Because I, I've, I've, I've signed a petition. To <laughs> good, I'm glad you signed the petition. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm the one that found out about this, unfortunately, through someone on Facebook saying they were interested in this event. And I thought, what the heck is this? It says Children's Autism Services, but it says Deepak Chopra. I'm confused. So I looked into <laughs> oh, it. Oh, my God. Yes, um, they're having their annual, uh, they have a conference, um, it's a two-day conference in Edmonton, and I guess it's in year seven or something, or nine maybe, uh, somewhere around there, and he's their speaker in the evening on the Saturday night, so I can kind of see it being more like a fundraising type thing for them, because everyone during the day for the conference, the speakers are all doctors and scientists and things there's nothing wooey about any of that (laughs) just the Deepak Chopra part and I was like I don't understand why they're doing this so yeah there's a um we've done letters obviously um I got Tim Caulfield from the University of Alberta on board with that and he was on CBC to talk about it because you know they don't want to talk to me they want to talk to someone that has (laughs) a little bit more clout um he's the guy that wrote the book why Gwyneth Paltrow's wrong about everything oh nice yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, media outlets already know who he is. So, I, I alerted him to it, and he got on board with that. And then, of course, now there's this petition going around, um, and we've obviously emailed and written letters to the the organizers. It might just be that they just thought it was a good way to make money. I don't know, but it's dangerous, and maybe they weren't aware. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure. hoping that it's as simple as that, but. <laughs> There definitely it's kind of scary. definitely is like a move in Canada right now to like sort of embrace like native spirituality and like just spirituality in general, like uh, recovery models for like say like alcoholics in uh, alcoholics like treatment centers or whatever are told about like a wellness wheel and that includes the spiritual aspect of everything, right? So maybe they're just covering their bases. I don't know. Well, and then, of course, and I'm not sure if this is just Alberta or if it's Canada-wide, but homeopathy and naturopaths are accredited here. Oh, joy. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry for you. Okay, so that's Alberta then. Yeah, we're lucky. <laughs> no, no, it's just because you guys don't understand that the consciousness of the cosmos of autism is, is, is relevant. <laughs> the consciousness. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do my Deepak Chopra impression here. Sorry. Oh, that's an online thing. You can put in stuff. And yes, it'll give you there's quotes. a random yes. code generator. I could totally, I should totally pull that up. Oh, uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Karen. I really appreciate you being with us on the show today. Uh, anything you want to? The mic's all yours. You want to plug in something? By all means, if people want to find out more about the uh, uh, Edmonton atheists and what you guys are up to, where do they go? Um, so we are online at edmontonatheist.ca, and we are also on Facebook. Just look up um, Edmonton Atheist, and you'll find us right away. And as far as the conference goes, um, as I said, that's separate. So Alberta Secular Conference. Now, we can't be, it's not Alberta spelt out. It's A-B, because Alberta spelt out is reserved for government oh. issued things yeah. so we couldn't get named that so we're a b secular conference um right now we've just finished our conference so it'll be next year before you'll see us up and running again it's usually in october mm-hmm. that date might be changeable depending on some of the guests i'm trying to find so uh, uh, yeah i'm guessing it's a tad early to ask you which guest you plan on having there yeah, we don't have anyone confirmed as of yet. Okay. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'll come. We do, well, we do know for, it'll be yeah, Calgary. Con- the, congrats the next for year, everything though. you do, Karen. You're a force of nature, and you know I'm I'm, I'm so glad that you're there organizing and uh, doing active things and uh, just really being 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 one of the good guys of atheism in in Canada. Congrats mm-hmm. and yeah. have, oh, uh, I, I know it's a little early, but have a spectacular year next year. I hope everything goes well for you and the group. Yes. Thank you very much. And Karen, uh, just in closing, uh, 
can I uh, ask you maybe to just give us a couple ideas of what we can do as atheists in the community to just, you know, forward this thing? Obviously, beating people over the head with the ridiculousness of their religion is not going to work, so... No. <laughs> I think everyone can find their own strength in in one particular issue, perhaps, and that's where I kind of have... Part of the reason why I started the conference... Um, I'm passionate about all sorts of little issues, but I'm not focused on one in particular, whereas there are people in Alberta that are. So um, I know you know who Luke Fevin is. He's focused on the schooling stuff. Mm. We've got Bradley Peter focused on the dying with dignity thing. So what I'm doing is trying to give them a platform to speak about these things. But I would say find your niche. So there's plenty of things and opportunities where we can get involved. Just find the thing that kind of encourages you and excites you and and dive into that one very good thank you good yeah. good stuff um karen before i let you go there's one quick thing i gotta ask you can i get you to say hi my name is karen lumley kerr that's how you say your name right no oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> how would you say that um my husband is scottish and um a Apparently in Britain you can say it one of two ways and we say it care. Okay, well, uh, okay. Would you be so <laughs> kind to say, Hi, I'm Karen Lumley Care and I took a left at the valley. Hi, I'm Karen Lumley Care and I took a left at the valley. And that was our friend Karen. She's a dynamo. Yeah, totally. Oh, and, yeah. You know, some great tips and I sure hope we hear more from her and uh, she keeps fighting the fight. Yeah, Down we've got there. some good people in in Canada. We should have more of them on more of them on the show and uh, join forces when we can. Mm-hmm. Well, before I let you guys go, we got to do our another brilliant moment brought to you by religion. Oh yes, the weird and wacky world of religion. Now, are you guys atheists who's lost a chance at salvation? Would you like to worship the Holy Mother? Haley? Yes, there's a woman that says she's pregnant with Jesus' baby. Oh. oh, it's Jesus, yeah. I am pregnant and it is Jesus, says 19-year-old Haley. Mm-hmm. The teen claimed that she's nine months pregnant and about to deliver a baby boy. I know my pregnancy is real, she says. I've gained 22 pounds, <laughs> says Haley. I was sleeping one night and my baby punched the bottom of my stomach and kicked me. And I can feel his head right here, right below my belly button. Oh, Jesus is violent. Oh, she (laughs) in for a surprise. However, Haley's mom, (laughs) Christy, says her daughter is a compulsive liar and delusional. (laughs) Uh She says Haley is not pregnant and numerous pregnancy tests and doctors have confirmed that. My family, my friends, my pastors at church, they don't believe that I'm pregnant. Even the pastor doesn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) You would think the one person that should almost. I know it's Jesus, she says. I don't care if my family disowned me. It really comes down to if you're a true believer in Jesus or not, I do not care what the home pregnancy test the doctor says. When I give birth to my baby, no one is going to deny him because he's my savior. Any thoughts? I feel very sorry for that young lady. She needs help. She needs medication. Her whole family is denying her. She's 19. 19. 19. 19. I know. This is what religion does to you. I feel Mm -hmm. so. I feel bad for her. I really do. Remember those old commercials? This is your brain on crack? Oh. (laughs) This is your brain on religion. Oh. Same thing. Yeah, but the the religious groups are denying. I mean, that's the thing. She's standing by herself, poor little thing. Yeah. 
Oh, well. <laughs> but the, she'll show them when Jesus is born. After, yeah, yeah. after she's been pregnant for about three and a half years, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she'll start to realize it's not going to happen. Uh, and 22 pounds for a pregnancy sounds a bit on the low side, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, no, there's yeah. actually people well, who not, gain no, the weight of the baby only. It depends on how big a girl she yeah. is, you know. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, it just sounded it's a bit... Anyway, there's your chance, guys. You heard it here first. If you want a <laughs> chance to redeem yourself and forget this whole atheism thing and you want to just fall to your knees and worship the next baby Jesus. That's going to be the son, of, the son of Haley. The son of Haley. The son of Haley. And the Vancouver married. Canucks are going to win, I don't know, arbitrary number 2018. That's okay. right. Okay. <laughs> That's how heard it here first. Oh my. We have to keep, let's keep up with her and see what happens. Well, so. If it goes anywhere. I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, guys. Um, you can follow us on leftofthevalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on LATV Podcast. Uh, you can send us an email at leftatvalleyoutlook.com. Coming up next week, we have our old friend Arn Raw is coming back right on the on. show. He'll be oh, talking about man. his book. Uh, we also have a. Uh, atheist uh, Damien Mary at Hope coming towards the end of the month. We have a uh, de- beginning of December. We have a debate between a Christian and Gemma Page about the uh, resurrection of, or is it the history city of Jesus? And of course, we have our old friend David Fitzgerald who's coming back around December 10th to talk to us about St. Paul. Remember St. Paul? Nobody talks about St. Paul. Man, it's going to be a really dynamic end of the year series yes. of shows. And of course, on the 17th, we'll have our. Christmas special, and we'll tra- probably reinvite our friends from the uh, Legion of Reason to join us. And just like our Halloween special, we'll be telling Christmas stories, I guess, around the campfire. Hmm. Sounds good. Sounds like the Halloween good. Show, but you can make cookies, Kevin. I, I, I'll try to make cookies and not burn <laughs> them this time. I will bring the pizza that I've been promising for a long time. <laughs> I'm in. Fair enough, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. How your God made me skeptical of anything that contradicts history, denies evolution, hates science, promotes mystery. I'd rather seek the truth than to bask in my own ignorance. Rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots. As long as there's a breath in my body, you can bet your last dollar I'll be working hard fighting this problem. Religion is a disease, it comes from culture, only true on a regional scale. Science is universal. Say that Horus isn't real, but Jesus is Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them I think the reason is apparent You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist Let me take a second, mean it sounds so hateful, but I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful. The thousands of children are raped by priests, and since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free. And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush, don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much. We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them while they plan to molest them? We
we teaching them to respect them. Fuck them. Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards in the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean it sounds so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful that many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist. I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist.